another friend to the Fuel Her podcast. I am so grateful that you are here. Whether today's your first time tuning in or you've been listening from day one, I want you to know that I am so grateful for you and that God brought you here today for a reason. Today's topic is a little, um, how do I put it? I mean, it's fear straight up. We're going to talk about fear, but I want you guys to know that today's topic is not something that I've mastered. I'm not like the master of fear. I'm not the best at overcoming my fears, but I really want you guys, I wanted to be transparent, open, real. I mean, just really let you guys in on my current life situation and a little bit about, you know, my path to getting to where I am today and how I can talk about fear and uh, maybe just a little bit of my experience with overcoming it. Um, I hope all of you had an amazing Christmas. This At the time of this recording, we are the week in between Christmas and New Year's 2020. I would also love to know wh- how you're feeling going into the new year. Are you scared? Are you nervous? Excited? Um, just worried about what 2020 will bring with how 2020 was? I'm very interested. So if you're on Instagram, girl, hit me up on the DMs. I'd love to chat with you about it. Just to have a conversation. Um, I'm personally super pumped, but I didn't spend all of December feeling that way. I'm not going to lie to you guys. In November, my family and I went through a little bit of a transition. I feel like 2020 has been a transition year for all of us in some way, shape, or form. But a lot of you know, a lot of you don't know, that I work from home and I I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And previously, until this month, I was doing it all from home, working and taking care of the kiddos all at the same time. And it was just, it got to be really hard. I had a couple of sitters or nannies that would come into the home for a few, four or five hours, three to four times a week, and I would pay them, you know, to be here. And all of them, I think I ended up with having four this year, and most of, all of them fell through one way, one way or the other. Either wasn't a good fit, um, the money wasn't right, it just didn't end up working out with anyone. And I got to a place where I was just like, I don't deserve to be a work from home mom. I don't deserve to create the things that I'm creating. I'm not good enough. You know, I I just can't, I'm not enough. And I sat there for a couple of weeks and then I was like, you know what? That's, that's a lie. I know that's a lie. That's from Satan. Like that's not from Jesus. That's not from my God. My God has good things planned for me and he wants, he put the desires on my heart, you know? So I decided, my husband and I decided, I'm going to look for an outside sitter for the kids. That's the first time in four and a half years that my babies have been or are going to be in other, someone else's care. And also, that also meant that my niece, who I watched three to four times a week, would also no longer be able to be in the home. And they're cousins, and they all are around the same age. And we just had a really good, you know, really good thing going. And that was going to impact my sister. And um, I wouldn't have my niece around anymore. I love her to death. So it was just a really big decision to make that decision to have the kids go to somewhere outside the home. I found someone that was seemed to be it seems to be a really good fit. I'm so excited. Um, I want to share with you guys a journal entry though from the first day because that first day of not having my niece and dropping my kids off somewhere else for five hours that day and getting them out the door for the first time and having a commute for the first time in four and a half years and just coming home to nobody that I could hear the creaks and the wind gusts to the house. And I've never been able to do that before. So I just had a bunch of emotions that were literally all over the place. And honestly, when I sat down and kind of reflected on them, I realized that most of it was fear. Like that came down when it came down to it, it was fear. 
And something that I've learned on this journey of being an entrepreneur, I work from home mom for the last three years, three and a half years, is that fear is actually a good thing. Fear is an emotion that one God gave us. Although it is unpleasant, it can warn you about danger that is getting ready to happen or that is happening around you. God gave us that emotion for a reason, to warn us, to help our bodies get ready for the, get ready for those things. But what if the thing that you are fearing is not real? Because fear can happen even if you're imagining the thing that's happening. Even if it's completely made up in your head, that fear is still a real emotion that pulses through your body. Your brain is feeling and is going to send signals to every other in you know every every other system in your body and how you're going to act. So what if that fear, that emotion, is actually being triggered by something, a story that you've created yourself? Sister friend, are you in a place in life right now where you're feeling stuck? Maybe it's between a rock and a hard place. Maybe it's just stuck between the past, where you are right now or where you were and where you're going, the future. Maybe you don't have a clear path of how you want to get to where you really want to go. Maybe you're stuck in a toxic relationship or a toxic work environment and you just don't know how to get unstuck. Or maybe you're like me and sometimes you feel like you're not worthy of getting unstuck. The truth that I want you to know today is that you are not broken, homegirl. A pattern that you have is. That's it. I was chatting with the girl online today after I posted that quote pretty much on my Instagram feed, and it said, you know, you're not broken, a pattern that you have or the way that you talk to yourself is. And that's it. You're not broken. A pattern that you have is or the way that you speak to yourself is. The good news is that you can fix it. Like I said earlier, I wanted to talk and I have I have give you brief a brief description of where I'm at right now. But I want to tell you about a realization that I had this week that I think could really help you if you're feeling well scared, stuck and fed up with feeling like that. Um, okay, so I said, you know, I haven't worked outside the home in four and a half years, or I haven't had my babies in other, someone else's care in four and a half years. And that was a big change for me. But at the same time, I felt it like it was time. It was time for me to create the things that are on my heart, the, to, to really lean into the desires of my heart. So I wrote this down. My biggest fear is that I'm going to get somewhere down the road a little farther or way farther than where I'm at now, and I'm going to have happiness, success, joy. I'm really going to love where I'm at, and then I'm going to mess it up. That's my biggest fear. It's a lie, but I want to tell you guys that this is a deep, deep deep-seated fear, a fear that has become my reality more than once in my life in the past. It's like a reoccurring theme. A fear that, honestly, when I'm looking back, I think started in high school. Every summer, I got, quote-unquote, in big trouble at least one time in the summer. Like, grounded big time, you know? Phone taken away, no TV, no dial-up internet, no AIM. I had the AIM. <laughs> um, and it happened, that like, one, like I said, it happened, like, one time every summer. But then in college, when I got to college... And if you haven't listened to my teaser episode or episode number one, when I kind of talk about that experience, definitely go ahead and listen to that so you can really get the details. Um, and maybe one day, I, if you guys are interested in the details, then I can go into more depth on 
what my experience was in college, but after I had worked my entire childhood to get a volleyball scholarship um, to a Division Division two NCAA school, which everyone told me I was too short, I wasn't good enough, um, I couldn't play, if I, even if I did go play somewhere big, I was never going to be able to play in the front row, just I was overcoming a lot of negativity around me getting a getting a paid scholarship to play and I wanted to prove everyone wrong which I did and got a paid scholarship I even saw playing time in my freshman year super proud about that I loved volleyball I loved where my life was at for the most part at that at that point um and that is when I was sexually assaulted after that I never told it and I never told a single person about it the situation got really crazy because that person was actually someone that I knew and was around in college, and it made it very hard. So I really just withdrew from everything and everyone. I, you know, I stopped going to practices um, out of season, after season ended, not during season. Um, I stopped going to study sessions. I stopped going to some of my classes because I would see him around campus. Um, it was a smaller school. So all of those things obviously led to me getting my scholarship taken away. It wasn't, it was just a messy situation. I have to own that part of my story though. And I know that's why I got the scholarship taken away. It it just sucks that that's part of the story. Regardless, I had worked my way to a place where I was loving my life and fear and self-sabotage totally took that away. So then let's move forward. Um, you know, I'm living life, I'm trying to work and I'm with my husband, with Ryan, we're dating and we're getting married and all of these things, starting our new lives together. I try to get into school two or three times and I end up dropping out, even though my grades were A's and B's every, you know, all the time. Once, as soon as I got, you know, that first like three point or 3.5 or 4.0 semester, I started self-sabotaging again. And I dropped out, I've dropped out like three or four times. All of these scenarios and situations, I'm not trying to say like, oh, poor me, look at the victim here. Or like, I'm not smart or I couldn't do all of these things. All of these things are just my self-fulfilling prophecy. And I told myself on December 21st, 2020, man, that's got to end today. This fear, this fear of I'm once I get to a place of goodness, I'm gonna mess it up. Is has kept me from so much. And I said, Jesus, please take this fear, turn it into a strength. Get back, Satan. I belong, this heart belongs to Jesus Christ. And he says that he will never fail or leave me. My father, my God, says that he has good plans for my good, for his glory, not for comfort, not for my comfort, but for good, but of joy, but of generosity, but of love, peace, rest, gentle gentleness, self-control, kindness. And I just said, I'm overwhelmed with the emotion today and it's not letting me be very productive. And then I had to ask myself, is that where my worth comes from? Which again, I know is not. Your worth isn't coming from your productivity and it doesn't come from anything other than God. I have a couple of things I want to talk about when it comes to fear. Four things to be in particular. I've shared a lot with you guys about my personal life with fear and my personal fears. Some people will relate to that fear and some people will have different fears. The first thing I want you to know that if you are someone that also experiences trauma or have experienced trauma, if you're someone that struggles a lot with your self-worth, with negative self-talk, with feeling like you're not good enough, with imposter syndrome, and if you've, like I said, experienced trauma or 
experience brokenness from this world, I want you to know that it doesn't matter how big or small, how how big or small you think what happened to you was, or if you don't think it was a big deal, you deserve healing and you deserve to go to therapy. You deserve that. You deserve to talk to talk to someone and to heal your brain and to heal your yourself, your heart. Even though I hope you feel at home listening to the show and you get some relief and help from it, if you've gone through something similar that I have, or maybe you haven't and it's something different, either way, I'm not a therapist and you should get the help that you deserve, babe. One thing that is free and that you can do right here and now is journaling. Journaling helps so, so much. And I'm getting ready to ask you a few questions that you will be able to journal out yourself. So I'm begging you if you are someone that is like, yes, girl, I feel your pain. I am feeling you right now. Get out a piece of paper and write these questions down and journal them out. Because if you've never journaled out, if you've been through trauma, like I have sexual assault or something similar, and you've never journaled out what happened That is going to be a powerful and somewhat painful experience. So just buckle up. It is healing, though, that is on the other side. And joy if you lean into the sadness. So that's the first thing I want you to know. Journaling helps so, so much. And if you need one, and if you haven't had one, get a therapist. You deserve it. You deserve to heal. Second thing, number two. When you expect to fail, you behave in ways that ultimately create the failure you expected in the first place. I talked about that earlier, self-sabotaging. It's called self-sabotaging. What self-sabotaging are you doing? Are you procrastinating? Are you not taking any breaks in your workday? Do you get distracted easily? Do you struggle to make decisions with your, in your business day or with yourself or in your business? Are you snoozing a lot? Are you numbing yourself? These are just a few examples, some, all of which I have experienced this year, And I want you to know that it's okay and normal, but let's call it out for what it is because all it is is a fear. When you, a fear of failure, when you expect to fail, you behave in ways that ultimately create the failure you expect in the first place. For me, when I first read that, or, you know, when I, not read that, when I first figured that out, had that truth bomb in my brain, it was empowering to me because it's like, okay, this makes sense. This makes so much sense in my life, but it's like, dang it, Ashley, like, come on, girl, let's, you know, stop doing that. You are worth more than that. You are better than that. So we're not going to expect to fail anymore. Third thing, know your triggers and start to replace your self-sabotaging behaviors with positive ones. Yes, you got to do the work too, boo. Yeah, I know. Can't just listen to this podcast, take it in, and it's going to change. You're going to have to figure out what your triggers are, and how to replace them. If you don't know your triggers, that's okay. Don't get freaked out. We got you. Just start paying attention because the best way to replace the auto response to the trigger is to know the new behavior you're going to replace it with already. So you can't, what I'm saying is you can't replace a trigger if you don't know what it is. So start paying attention and then just start asking yourself, Where am I self-sabotaging and how can I replace those behaviors with a positive behavior? So an example of mine is I work with social media a little bit still. So, or no, a lot still. I still have to. So if I start to procrastinate, if I start to procrastinate by scrolling through social media, then I will put my phone where I can't see it and accomplish something on my to-do list. So that's a boundary I've set this year. 
if I start to procrastinate by scrolling through social media, then I will put my phone where I can't see it and accomplish something else on my to-do list. Another one, if I'm being completely vulnerable with you guys, is if I start to numb myself with drinking alcohol, then I will pour a bubbly seltzer and call a friend. You have to call yourselves out on the hard stuff sometimes and really start replacing it with positive behaviors. You can do it. Fourth thing, stop shaming yourself out of your best life. Shame and guilt are two totally different things. And if you've never read anything by Brene Brown or listened to any coaching sessions by Mel Robbins, I highly, highly suggest that you download anything by Brene Brown or anything by Mel Robbins. They are both two wonderful mentors that they don't know they are to me. (laughs) Um, But Brene Brown has done some amazing research on shame. And as a sexual assault survivor, shame is something I am very well versed on. But like I said, guilt and shame are not the same things. According to Brene Brown, guilt can be a healthy emotion when it prompts us to learn from our mistakes or change negative behaviors. If you forget your best friend's birthday, guilt is the voice that tells you to call her and set a reminder so that next year you don't do the same thing. Shame, on the other hand, has no benefits. What many of us women are feeling, especially the ones that have experienced trauma, is shame. Shame is the emotion that internalizes your mistakes. Shame is the voice that tells you you're a bad friend when you forgot your BFF's birthday, or you'll never be good enough when you get passed up for that promotion. The first step to letting go of shame is to first shine a light on it. If you don't know, I'm sure most of you do not, but... My, my fitness fam, my fitness team that I have when I partnered up with um, my network marketing company, Beachbody, is actually called Team Shine Your Light, and this is why. I have overcome so much shame by doing just that, shining the light on it first. So, remember that journal prompt I wanted you to have get out? Here's your first question, and it's a hard one, So, but I want you to be, I want you to stand in this moment and own it. Do you remember what your most shameful moment was? Mine was when the moment, and I've shared this before on the podcast, was the moment I got my scholarship taken away. When I lost my scholarship, not taken away. When I lost it. The second question I want you to write down is, what does your shame voice tell you? An example of my internal voices, my shame voice says, I mess every good thing that comes my way up. My guilt voice would say, I am really good at self-sabotaging when I start to feel unworthy of what is happening around me. I will start to find out my triggers and replace them with boundaries, positive actions, and good relationships. Another shame voice I have says, I'll never do the work of my dreams or that is on my heart because I'm not smart enough. And guilt says, I didn't get that promotion or have the best turnout in my business this week because I have not been making myself as visible as I could be. I'm signing myself for that... I'm signing myself up for that e-course that's been on my mind for a few weeks that will help me get more ideas and more organized, or if you work in the corporate world, or I'm talking to my boss to make sure that I'm ready for that next opportunity. Shame has no benefits. The first step to letting go of shame is to shine your light on it. Write those questions out, journal them out, and share them with a friend. Share them with me if you need to. My DMs and email is always open. Here's a recap for you, girl. One, first step to facing your fears, if it's one, number one, if it's trauma, 
Know that trauma is not a mistake that you made. It's something that happened to you and healing through therapy is possible. Number two, when you expect to fail, you behave in ways that ultimately will end up with you failing. Number three, find your triggers, know them, and work to replace them. Number four, stop shaming yourself out of your best life. Your fear is a good thing. Failure is not the enemy, homegirl. Living a life on autopilot and mediocrity is the enemy. Failure, just like fear, is meant to teach you something. So homegirl, let's do the hard work to fuel our faith over our fear so you can free your soul. And if you need someone seriously to help you shine the light of your own fears, hit me up on Instagram or email me and we can chat, friend. That's all I got for you today. Until our next Fuel Up, have a good one. Girl, I cannot tell you what it means to me that you are here and listening to this show. I am so grateful for you. And I just want to say that if you did love it or if it tugged at your heart at all, please feel free to share this with your friends or better yet, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so I can personally shout you out and thank you. Thank you so much for being on this journey, friend. Talk to you soon.